Yo, what's up? We got a brand new episode got of Conversations with Humans coming banger. right here. Coming right at you. We talked about... Uh, Let's say something different than music, something. being intentional, <laughs> spirituality. Hey, we're building our brand here. Yeah. We're building an audience. In this... Expect us talking about the same things. <laughs> In this episode, we dive a little bit into um, music, of course, but uh-huh. also we dive into what like where our heads are at with uh this time around building our brand yeah. using leveraging social media channels like uh tiktok and youtube and uh what our strategy is with that whole thing yeah so you kind of get an inside look of like the business mind of how we think and uh should be very interesting and if you uh like this podcast you can follow us on instagram yep at combos with humans we're also on TikTok at Temple Mill on TikTok. And also we have a Convos with Humans TikTok that come in. We don't it's there and you can follow it for sure, but we don't we don't have anything any uh, content ready. Any content going because we're we're uh, we have all the equipment to start filming. We're just uh, even kind if of, we just take snippets of the audio, add music and then B roll. Yeah. Some like drone shots or something. Yeah. I was thinking of making a Columbia drone video. Yeah. I have I was just like found it I was like I could just edit this into I mean because no one can see it really like the individual drone shots but editing it into a video then you can see all of them in one place right. anyway this is a lip lit convo so hope you enjoy it check it out peace yo 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 what's up you know just chilling it's Freezing, cold, man. freezing in here. We're in the garage and it is cold. I got a jacket on. You got your snow pants. Oh, I got my snow pants. Also, if the audio sounds a little bit better than normal, Mike just came across a realization that we were too dumb to realize earlier. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you tell him? <laughs> so, uh, these microphones have a clear front. We've been just kind of using them on both sides. So, now we're going to make sure to keep them straight forward towards our mouth. Uh-huh. Speaking to the front of it. What? You know, makes sense. Do people master podcasts the same way that they master music? No, I'm sure. Well, they definitely like radio hosts. They use, do like plugins and stuff to make their voice sound more like, "Hey, Brad, ninety two here." Yeah, but not in the sense. I mean, like obviously, music production Shout is uh, um, a lot more advanced because you're working with like how the how your voice sounds with the instruments at play, and yeah. so it's like a lot more variables, like how, it, how the guitar the drums, all the stuff, but with a podcast, it's just strictly your voice. And so, I, I don't know. I think that, if anything, they would just work on the S's, like reducing those or something. Reducing. But, um, True. But, like, know. editing the audio for a podcast? Because I... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, just posted a vlog. Hey, why don't like you tell first, people... Like, so, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like I'm comfortable vlogging because I've been vlogging... For a couple years now, but just not on my regular channel. And so I feel like the majority of people like in our circle don't even know about the vlogs because they've been done through like brands like Slappy Fingerboards. We created videos. Yeah. And then we had like a Mike and True YouTube channel that turned into the Connecting Creators one that we were doing vlogs on there just to kind of like test the YouTube algorithm, like see if we could see any growth. And then random one-off videos on, like, the Mike Ritchie YouTube channel. Yeah. And I'm, I've decided I'm going to, like, step up that YouTube channel and try and 
update it, I guess. Like, I feel like if someone were to land on it, like, six months ago, they would see really, really old videos that I worked on that aren't, like, an accurate representation of where I'm at right now. Right, right. Because, like, the video work that I've been doing has been for other brands, for clients and other people. And so it's not going on my YouTube channel. Yeah. But or I'm, like, I want to just, like, own it with the vlog thing. Yeah. Not care and know that, you know, like, after I just finished editing that video, it felt really good because the shots looked good. The color grading was looked sick. Like, it just came together really nice. And it's, like, a, a high-quality video. Right. Like, it's 12 minutes or so, and it's not meant to just, like, you know, shot to shot keep you there. But it's, like, I want to go more so... Like a, I mean, just like long form, like uh, like longer form David Dobrik, right? But yeah. not like being fake, right? And like, I mean, maybe we'll do some skits and stuff, uh-huh. but like the way that he just kind of holds his camera to his hip, and then we'll just like talk to friends and capture it. That's kind of why I'm going for. Yeah, I mean, I for one, like enjoy, like when the camera's out, like I feel like it adds a whole new element to whatever we're doing. Like yeah. the like in the vlog, you see that we went. Um, christmas tree shopping and that's, that's like a not super... even in the one that i posted I'll oh, be really? the next one okay well i have three lined up right we now. uh went and took photos and of course like taking photos is fun and stuff but it just like added another element that's like it's like an adventure now like mm-hmm. what are we gonna do like let's throw, throw some rocks in the lake and like do whatever like it's just like fun like capturing whatever we're doing yeah it's like i mean where we're at is like always changing like, I think of, like, over the last, like, couple of years, how many places we've lived and, like, how much variability there's been to it. And so it makes it worth it to, like, capture those moments because it's, like, never going to be. It's worth capturing. You know, it, it's always changing because it's never going to be what it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> things are always changing. <laughs> but I'm stoked about it and then made a TikTok that. I mean, as we're speaking right now, I haven't posted it. Yeah. But TikTok has been kind of the wave lately. Yeah. Speaking of TikTok, um, we've been kind of popping off lately. <laughs> kind of popping. <laughs> I mean, okay. So I have a little bit of a history with TikTok, but we never took it seriously, I guess. Like, we never really it's were like... relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got history, but we never committed to anything. Yeah, yeah. Because... When I first hopped on TikTok, I just, like, started posting videos that were, like, old snaps or, like, in my camera roll. And then I would use a sound. And then I would um, use, like, a filter or something like that. And, you know, they would do whatever amount of views. And then I just had one random one that honestly didn't make any sense. And it just, like, popped off. Right. And it's because people are commenting back and forth trying to figure out what's going on. And by engaging with the post, the algorithm is like, oh, people like this. Let's show more people and more people. And over the course of like two weeks, you got like a quarter million views mm-hmm. and like uh, 15 to 15 K likes or so, which, okay, that's like still internet noob material. Those mm-hmm. aren't numbers to flex or anything, yeah. <laughs> but that's just like my first experience with TikTok, like getting it. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I was like, okay, there's value here. And we were, like, with a friend in San Diego, and I helped him make a TikTok. Same thing. Like, the, it got, like, over 200K views. So then we were, I mean, we just, it took us from that point 
eight months <laughs> to start making TikToks. But right. about 10 days ago or so, we just like decided that we're going to be consistent, like post every single day. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to be putting out like original content, but we've been repurposing content, just like clips off of YouTube of people speaking about uh, what we like. Like yeah. quotes, I guess. Motivation, perspective from artists, entrepreneurs, and things you know, that we're about. I like some of them are just like straight, like the face, but some of them were like editing B roll, like yeah, the, yeah. I the saw Kid Cudi one Kitty today. One. Like I took two different videos, one of them for the B roll, one of them for the context, yeah. and then edited the B roll yeah. onto it. So even though you're repurposing content, we're still being creative and providing yeah and like what people don't realize that aren't in this world of social media like Mm -hmm. if you're listening out there and you don't really understand how social media works and stuff like the idea of repurposing is a very practical strategy to build a page like if you um look at uh like any of the pages that are like uh like let's just take for example like the skiing video the skiing pages where mm-hmm. they just put up clips of people skiing jerry of the but, day yeah jerry of the day where they now like if you go on that page they i'm almost certain that they have merch yep and so it's now like almost a brand what well, is a brand it's almost a like a whole company itself but it's it just started as a feature page of just posting uh people's fails or whatever you know and yep. like it same with like uh fat jewish posted memes mm-hmm. when he first started out but now he's doing like literally six figure deals with like uh no i think he even he has his own rosé out but like like so you can monetize it into whatever you want but like first few stages of it it's like repurposed content like content that's not technically your own you're just curating curating is kind mm-hmm. of like another word for curating. it curating curating content and you're pretty much saying, hey, guys, look at this. Hey, guys, look at this to your audience. Mm-hmm. And they trust your opinion on whatever you're showing them. So you build, like, a brand that way. And then it works up to where you're making your own original content, hopefully. Yeah. And then you're making, like, you, you've you created a lane for yourself. And now you, you have a bunch of people that are watching you. You turn it into a brand. Boom. Like, that's how, how it goes. Yeah. But some people don't understand, how like, that flow of things, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But... So we started posting every day, and the 10th day, the 10th TikTok that we posted got, like, uh, 6K likes and, like, 50K views or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's up to 65 65, which we're just barely starting, but that's dope organic reach. Yeah. Just for just yeah. curating, uh-huh. posting, and uh, we've been using, like, hashtag Temple Mill yeah. so that it tracks the views. Right. And it has over 100,000 views yeah. on hashtag Temple Mill. Yeah. And we have like 1,300 followers now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm projecting. And we were at under 100 followers. Yeah, like literally five days ago. A couple days ago. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, projecting, like I told Michaela, that by the end of this weekend, like when Monday comes around, I, th- I'm, I think that we'll have 2K views. Ooh. Or 2K uh, followers. I just, the rate that it's going right now, mm-hmm. like we're gaining like 250 to 350 a day by just what we're doing. And let's hope that those people round about listen to the podcast because ultimately we want to have people listening to this yeah like we're trying to well we do openly ha- talk yeah we do have people listening but just more we want more yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got you know two people out there mm-hmm. uh, my mom and dad 
but TikTok's been the move. I mean, I'm excited to, I want to shoot for like a million followers. Yeah. Yeah. You see 100%. people on TikTok all the time. Like the virality on TikTok is crazy. That's yeah. how Lil yeah. Nas X with Old Town Road, uh-huh. Billie Eilish, yeah. bad guy, Snot even, his songs are on, like, I first heard some of his songs on TikTok, and I think that, like, Corey's like, TikTok got a, over a mil, like, over two million yeah, yeah. views or something. Like, I, I feel like TikTok is in a great place right now because it, uh, it's right at the point where like people are getting organic views. Like anyone can get organic views if they try, if they put in like a little bit of effort, you know, but no one is really like making brands on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like if you go, except for like TikTok houses, is that a TikTok houses? Uh I've never heard of it. Yeah. They, I mean, I can't remember any of the names of them, but Uh like things like clout house. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah, And they'll make an account for the house and then they post related. But I mean like, like if you go on YouTube, like there's like complex, noisy. Oh yeah. uh, Vice. Mm -hmm. uh, Like uh, even like Buzzfeed. um, There's some other ones, even like those like kind of like corny YouTube channels where they like have people like, we put 10 people in a room and ask them about their sexual life or something mm-hmm. like, yeah. like those channels have millions of subscribers and they made like a brand for themselves or like all these, uh, what's it called? Like cooking with Babish. That's mm-hmm. like one, but like there's all those things or a uh, hot ones. Like yeah. those are like brands in my eyes, mm-hmm. you know? And no one really did that yet on TikTok Cause I feel like there's still, I mean, there's a, my perspective is it on it is that there's a lot of people on YouTube, like all the people that I mentioned that are, you know, why are they going to change up their strategy when it's working? Mm-hmm. So they're not focusing on TikTok because they already got theirs yeah. from YouTube. But, but people like H3, he's been making TikToks and kind of growing kind of slow for like how big of a channel he is. Like, I think when I saw him, he had like 60K followers or something, which, I mean, he's grown a lot. Yeah. But... But, like, coming in and really establishing, like, a pre- brand presence on TikTok, like, a, like how you would see, like, ABC, NBC, all yeah. these things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where my head's at. Dude, 100%. And same with, like, the YouTube videos yeah. and all the content with everything. Did you see it's the... It's called a YouTube channel for a reason. Hey. <laughs> Dude, our YouTube channel's about to be popping. Popping. It's going to be lit. The dope thing about TikTok is, like, think of how good the algorithm works as a user. Think of how specific videos you get. Like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, like, become a joke comparing, like, your TikTok with, like, your significant other or your mom or your sibling mm-hmm. because of how different they are. Right. And that's because of how good it works. And as a business putting out content, it's working to help us get in front of the right people. Yeah. Like, people that are interested yeah. in our content True. and not just, like, anybody. Yeah. You know, not just, like, whatever. And that's why TikTok works a lot better than YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. Facebook, because of how good the algorithm can build communities. Yeah. Do they give you uh, stats, like, data on the... I think so. Okay. Dude, oh, we can start live streaming soon, too. Or- what's the credentials like what do you need to have to I think you have to have it might be a thousand followers 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look. But when you live stream, apparently you get a lot of growth. Well, and people could get to know us. Like if we do like a live stream Q&A with the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> live stream whiteboard sesh. Mm-hmm. And we outline our content strategy. Yeah. However, if you hop on like halfway, you may be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just see a lot, like a bunch of lines all over the whiteboard and like all this stuff. Oh my. Oh, also, my mom brought me these books. One of them oh, nice. is uh, my guitar book, like one of my first guitar books. Yeah. So it's like super entry level, but it goes like pretty deep. But these other two are my first two violin books. Whoa. Because Lizzie is getting a violin for Christmas. So I'm going to be teaching her, wow. giving her lessons. Yeah. And so my mom still has all of my old original books. And in this like first one, it's crazy that like when you go to a page that has like my handwriting on it, I'm like still learning how to write. <laughs> it, it literally was like ch- child handwriting. And um trying to find an example. But it's clutch that I got all these books so I can – just use them mm-hmm. <laughs> as references. Anyway, if only we had video, we could show them. I'll show right. you guys later. Right. Did you see the sneaker shopping with Jaden? No. It's pretty. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been really fucking with those new balances that he's been wearing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like with the big blocks, like the white. Like, I think they're like New Balance Vision runners or something like that but i think they're so sick and he didn't even end up buying any shoes oh (laughs) oh my god i gotta be careful not to breathe in the microphone like that someone's ears are getting blown out but um he ended up buying like 300 pairs of shoes for a homeless shelter thing lit yeah and they're i mean 300 pairs of new balances nice so it was probably sponsored by New Balance. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, not like you probably didn't buy them. Right, right. And if you, like, do the math <laughs> of, like, I don't know, $50 shoes times 300, that's like, what, 15K? Uh, maybe I'm just totally wrong. It's not a, t- a crazy amount of money. Yeah. But it's, it's dope that he did that. Yeah, yeah. Jaden, I'm excited to see Jaden's future career because he's been in it for so long. But now he's, like, got momentum. He's got yeah. big brands behind him. I'm sure he's got way more money now than he's had before. And his priorities are freaking Jaden's straighter than e- Gucci mains. Jaden's an interesting no offense, Gucci. Uh, guy. Be- because, uh, <clears throat> like, do you look at, like, if, if life's a video game, right? Uh-huh. And you just look at the avatar of Jaden Smith, mm-hmm. like in the situation that he was uh, loaded into, yeah. if I will. Uh-huh. <laughs> like his his parents, reality. his yeah, his like his starting point is like his parents were both like the famous and loaded, and so he came into that game without having to worry about survival. That's uh-huh. the point I'm getting to. Yeah, is most people start their game. And end their game all trying to figure out how do I survive. Mm. But he came into it already having that part covered for the most part. I'm sure. I mean, you know what I mean. Like perspective, uh, perspective to the average person, he doesn't have to worry about survival. Yeah. So 
what do you do at that point? You know, yeah. you go in creatively, you go in inwardly. He became ultra spiritual after he turned like 14, six, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. because he just had, he didn't have to worry about anything else. So it was just kind of like, what am I going to do now? And he just started to think more, going back to her old podcast intentionally yeah. with what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And also being like in rooms from a very young age with really high power, like uh, powerful people. Uh -huh. He's been able to see uh, like people operate at that level and like what needs to happen to make change. And so he has this weird balance of like being ultra young, like being part of the Gen Z, right? Yeah. But also being from like, in the conversations of like literally 50 year olds 60 year olds and so he brings the perspective of like climate change and all this stuff mm -hmm. but he also understands that like in order to make it happen you have to like do change at a uh like politic level you know yeah. and so he's doing all these initiatives and stuff and like he has like a good balance between that stuff and i don't know i feel like he just he's definitely a, a cat to watch out for so Here's a thought that I have. So when we hiked to Temp and like the first time when yeah. I was thick boy. <laughs> thick I, boy Mike. I wasn't like thick boy, but whatever. And I remember because I hadn't been to the top, it felt like forever because I didn't know when it was going to stop. Like on our way up hiking. Yeah. And like, and not even talking about like the summit, but like that first to the base part. It was like, it felt so tough, like psychologically, because I was like, when is this going to, and it was ex way more exhausting on me. But think about doing that hike again, but you know where the top is and how much more, you know, energy, like now think about Jaden Smith and like life. And since a young age, he's been able to see the top, see what they're doing, how they execute. And that's probably why it's been so much easier for him to grasp, even as like, 12 year old and i mean of course his like dad yeah he was able to get him in like movies yeah like pursuit of happiness massive movie uh -huh. karate kid massive movie uh the one the alien one like on another planet after earth after after earth yeah wasn't so. as good of a movie but was big yeah a lot of attention uh -huh. and then he was you know rapping was, with justin bieber yeah and then he was in a handful of indie film i mean I, i'm jumping ahead yeah. like a handful of indie films you know uh-huh and still, like, he just had a movie came out, like, a couple days ago on Amazon Prime. But that's, that's lit. Yeah. Hopefully we can meet him again. Yeah. What? Again? Did you just say again, Did you Mike? just say again? Wait, you, you met you Jaden Smith? No way. You met... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Did we already? I think we already went over that on the well, Yeah, we shared part. it on the... Uh, road the one where we're driving canyon drive episode oh yeah yeah i think it's like a special yeah. episode yeah so we're gonna move on from that <laughs> also did you see that salesforce bought uh slack no for 27 billion dollars bro slack that's a crazy amount of money dude i i mean the thing that's like wild is Supreme that was only like three or four billion. Yeah. And but I mean, think of how much more scalable Slack is. But yeah. 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 Supreme is just like so big in your head, but when it comes down to the money, I'm sure it's right. not like. I'm really curious how Slack makes their money though, because like every time that we've used Slack, not even just with our own, uh, like 
with Temple Mill, but alongside other organizations that uh-huh. we've worked with, it's always been free. Yeah. You know? And so, so how are they making money? How are they making money though? <laughs> I don't know, but twenty seven billion dollars dude, oh my I can't even like that much money is hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Well, that Dan, just gets me fired up about like software companies. Yeah. Like yeah. specifically in the SaaS world, like those types of businesses uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, the, are so lit. I love them. The the best companies and the most valuable companies are, are honestly the ones that are mo- the most simple. Mm-hmm. Because like in order to be sim- a simple idea, or let me rephrase it, in order for the general population to understand an idea, it has to by nature be simple for people to understand it from every single like walk of life, every age, uh-huh. everything, you know? So Slack, uh, like what does Slack do? It, it allows you to communicate with your team. What does Zoom do? It allows you to have video calls with Put people. your face on the camera. What does like uh, like Loom. Loom allows you to record small uh, like short videos on your screen and send them to people, you know? Uh-huh. You don't have to spend six paragraphs explaining what it does, you yeah. know? And uh or like Instagram is a platform that you post photos on. Like and it'll evolve. Yeah. So what if you could own one SaaS company, what company mm. would it be? Like if you would choose just one. And don't necessarily think of like value, but in terms of like your favorite one. Um, I mean, there's, I feel like there's huge potential for Zoom mm. because of just like uh, where things are going. Mm-hmm. But like after the pandemic, every, yeah. like the world knows about Zoom now, which before I feel like it was just like the entrepreneur world and like some smaller things, you know? Uh huh. Like, but. Now it's like even your grandma knows what Zoom is, yeah. and like it, it has finally developed like that uh, space, that uh, ownership in someone's mind. You know, specifically in education, schools have been yeah. implementing yeah. it. Yeah, and honestly, I've been thinking lately of like Zoom music classes. Yeah, the same way that who was it that like Kylie's nail lady or lash lady. She Wait. doesn't use Zoom. She just, I think she does Instagram Live or something. Mm, or I don't know, maybe like she does Zoom. group but. classes yeah. for uh-huh. like, it's like an hour long and you pay like 20 bucks. But you're able to maybe like get 30 people. Yeah. And then you can do, you know, a couple different days of them. Because I just, I mean, I've had people like hitting me up about music lessons. Mm. But... At first, I was thinking, like, group guitar lessons where we just have, like, 15, 20 people in here. However, you don't get, like, the kind of help you need from a big group like that, like, to actually improve. That's more so, like, you guys are intermediate guitar players and want to jam together. Yeah. Instead of, like, you want to learn how to play the guitar. Uh And so, I mean, I think with guitar lessons, I could just do, like per person like want like sessions in person and then have like music theory slash reading sheet music mm-hmm. or treble clef specifically on zoom where you don't need one-on-one interaction but i can teach you about the music theory stuff to prepare you 
for the other stuff. And then just doing, like, you know, beginner's class part one. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. do a couple different sessions. And then I just, like, outline notes so it's consistent. So that I can just go through the same, like, curriculum that I set with different people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. But also more so what I've been thinking about. Also more so. That's kind of, like, a funny. But um, met with these people that do... uh, Work with the Angel Investing Network, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm not gonna talk about uh, it too much. But when talking to them, they were asking me a lot of questions about Temple Mill. Yeah. Because yes, they're interested in like my dad's company, mm-hmm. but they were also really interested in like what I was doing. And so I told them all about like what I want Temple Mill to be, like where I want to take it, uh, like brand influences, and then also like briefly about bullet boards. Yeah as well which i'll i mean we'll have later podcasts where we can just like dive in onto each of those subjects or whatever but walking away from it i mean we've kind of been like temple mill on pause for like eight months yeah realistically since like december right because after our last last shoot yeah we were just like doing editing whatever but there wasn't like like in-person shooting really Mm -hmm. and um over that time, we've just, like, we've learned a bunch, I feel like, and got a lot more direction on our compass of where we want to go. Yeah. But we have to rebuild some things. Right. And we have to reevaluate. And it's, like, not the same pitch that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so the me that was prepared to go into a B&I meeting and stand up in front of everybody and then give a pitch in front of, you know, 50 business owners in Utah Valley is... If I were to stand up right now and be an rusty, I'd be screwed because like <laughs> I don't have it specified, yeah, have it dialed in or anything. And because we met, talked about BNI, because she was in a BNI group, oh, really? and I just like kind of mentioned because like I was just telling them my story. Yeah, yeah. A fast forwarded version of my story, but I want to like let them know kind of you've where been I'm in, at, yeah, and that you've been in it for a while. Uh huh. And um, wait, what was I saying right before I said that? Oh, you found a lighter. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you were... I'm I mean, like that dog and up. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about just like a Temple Mill uh Oh, the brand. B&I pitch and getting like the... Like being able to like give that information. And the thing is like if we want someone to be able to refer us, right? They have to know what we're they doing. They have to know who we're looking for and what it is that we can do for them. Yeah. You know? And getting super, super clear on, like, what that is. And honestly, it boils down to, like, making a decision of what we want to do. Because the world of what type of video to create is extremely broad. Right. And we have to come to them with a plan where it can just be as simple as, like, oh, yeah, I need that uh, solution. And that's how much it costs. And this is what we'll do. And whatever. Uh Uh-huh. And um, just, like, that meeting really had me thinking about, like, Temple Mill and, like, two big sides of it of eventually, like, I mean, doing production, but then also doing music and, like, sounds and thinking about, like, Temple Mill Radio, which, um, I mean, I don't even know if we would call it that. We could just call it Temple Mill just Temple Mill, but putting out playlists 
of specific moments on Spotify publicly so that people can like the playlist. So let me explain the specific moments part. It would be like a playlist that's like, um, you know, uh, Late Night Canyon Drive. Mm. And then it's a vibe for Late Night Canyon Drive. Yeah, yeah. Another one would be like, um, you know, uh, Party at the Crib. Yeah. And it's just pull like crowd bangers. Uh-huh. And it's for when you have one of those moments, you have a playlist that you can just go to that we've made. Yeah. And you can listen to it. And it will constantly you know, evolve and whatever, but hopefully we have like, you know, five to ten playlists that are just like different specific vibes yeah. of music that we Situational create. playlists. And then we like brand each playlist, like create a cover for it with the name and like a edit and then um, have it just like on Spotify and just like kind of just try and drive traffic to it with everything that we're doing as well. Like everyone who's listening, you want to get more intimate with what we're doing this is the music that we're listening to so like if you were kicking it with us what kind of music would we put on it'd be that stuff yeah yeah because i also think of like when we went to that shoot with that one client who i'm not going to say his name and before starting played one song like on repeat <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of like a cheesy song and i was, was like macklemore yeah it's like macklemore <laughs> and it was like imagine if like our clients instead of having to go through that pain could just be like, yo, let's let me use one of the Temple Mill playlists. Yeah. And yeah. you can use it, you know, mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. And also thinking about like the Temple Mill blog as a way to provide value for, you know, our clients and our audience where we can almost use it as like a way to educate and answer commonly asked questions in the form of articles where we can write longer form. Cause I, I've noticed that that's kind of how everyone yeah, else yeah. does it. Yeah, that's like the point of blog. Like articles. going through like uh, specifically like companies like music software companies like Isotope that are more complicated. Yeah. It just like had a question. I clicked on it and then it brought me up just like 10 related articles mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. It was like, oh, sick. That answers my question. So doing that also is something that I want to like. It's just like uh, a little bit here and there and instead of just like a hundred articles blah, yeah. just try and like plan some out and write them so that's definitely going to be something like this week that i'm gonna uh put more thought and power into yeah i have just like random notes throughout my week of like things that i've been <laughs> thinking about but i think getting playlists would be so sick because i'm building playlists already right same like it's always changing and i love it and so now it's just about Sharing putting, it. Putting them out, yeah. Sharing yeah. it. And also, uh, Temple Mill Influence is selection. Yeah, definitely. And selection radio and everything that Joe K is doing uh-huh. is, like, super, super sick. Yeah. And so... Uh, I just love, like, uh, with selection, like, made me think of, like, how... Uh, like, when you... Like, there's kind of, like, memes amongst that community of, like... Uh, like they'll be like, someone asked me what type of music I look I listen to, and I just said uh, selection, uh-huh. and like they, like that person knows what that type of person listens to by just saying that, mm. or like because it, it's just like you can understand what type of individual that person is if they listen to selection. We should make it a goal. Yeah, like to like I mean, what would that sentence be if you were to replace selection with Temple Mill? What do you mean? 
like if you were to like that scenario of like what kind of li- music do you listen to? Why um, like selection? But let's recreate. I don't that. know something like uh, the way that person approaches life. Yeah, is very like Temple Mill esque. Uh-huh. Or yeah. like yeah, what's your lifestyle like? Temple Mill. Yeah. And or like can, um. They they're like okay I I can. Or the the way it. that they think or something. Uh-huh. That, that's something that's like uh, really like dope about what we're doing but i feel like this component comes mostly on your end Mm. is not being limited in your thinking of like uh what you can pursue yeah because that's definitely something that i'm working at getting better at is like Mm. uh like just because i'm really good at say scootering doesn't mean that i can't get really good at snowboarding or I mean, like, that. even that example, it's, like, kind of, like, oh, of course you can. You can just practice more. But for some reason, we forget that when it comes into the area of, like, I'm really good vi- I'm really good as a videographer, but I can't be a good salesman. Yeah. But it's still the same thing. You just have to practice more. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the difference between being a good scooter and being or a skateboarder or whatever and being a good snowboarder is how much time and effort are you putting into that thing, you know? Like, because yeah. obviously, like you're not going to get good at something by just doing it once and never touching it again, you know? But if you actively, like I've seen, uh, it's interesting, like being from my perspective Uh or I'm sure Ashley can relate to, uh, with like you and your music, like going back to like, uh, cause I didn't really know you when you did violin. Right. So Uh I mean, when when we met, when you came you on, probably didn't even know that yeah, music was like a thing. In yeah, my yeah, life. exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Like when you came onto the scene in New York, it was like when you bought that first like Akai uh, MPK. Yeah, I was like, dude, we're getting like 500 bucks a month. Why are you spending 150 on a keyboard? <laughs> like, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, you gonna make beats in your free time or something? Like, first off, what free time do we have? You know, yeah. like it was just like so many. Like, this seems so uh, like. Uh, out of the norm you know like this seems so odd that you would get that you know Uh but and even like over the past two years you kind of dabbled in music and stuff and like at our first apartment we were making beats like really late at night disrupting our neighbors Uh uh but it was like really the last eight months or so that you really started to do it more like hone in on it yeah and like even at the very beginning it was still like oh like mike's doing music now like what you know but Uh like now it's at the point where it's like oh yeah mike does music you know it's at that point now but it it only got to that point because you put in work day in and day out Uh to the point where now like that's who you are you know yeah before like when you started out it was very much like building it back into your identity Mm -hmm. but now that it's part of your identity it's not like weird you know like re-spark a flame yeah so like you can essentially you can do that like why can't you do that i'm speaking like to everyone why can't you do that with anything in your life like if you want to be if right now you're good at fitness but you want to be into snowboarding then start snowboarding more i feel like it's the mindset (laughs) yeah mindset because for me the what changed my music was changing my mindset and i feel like good music comes out of a place of practice and passion and my whole life I had the practice part and I didn't I mean and a little bit of inspiration maybe and, and uh, well yeah a lot of inspiration and you know I was always I always loved music 
but I've developed a passion for songwriting specifically, like getting out of the consumer? performer oh. and the consumer role and into the songwriter and contributor. Like contributor. Mm-hmm. The problem is switching over to that seat is like terrifying, like creating your own music, being vulnerable. There's a lot of fear to get over. Yeah. And so before uh-huh. even being able to take the music seriously, I had all this fear within myself I had to get over, which took months. I mean, we knew each other for years, <laughs> yeah. like, probably two years before I really started getting into the music. And that was all time that I was like running away from it. Yeah. And the last year, like I had to move back in with my family in like January and I'm living at home. And it's like, if I want to play music, I'm going to have to accept the fact that uh, they're going to be, they're going to have to listen to me. Yeah. I can't keep it quiet. Uh-huh. Guitar. It just is. Yeah. And then same with like before this year, I couldn't sing and play at the same time. And the singing part was, yeah, a ton of fear to get over. Right. But I feel like driving in the car and singing along to songs I like is kind of what helped me get out of that show. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I want to learn how to sing and play at the same time. And I just had to do it. And people are going to listen. I'm going to have to get over that fear. Yeah. And I mean, just like conquering through that and like getting results that I like and listening to my own music and enjoying it and like actually enjoying it. Cause like at first it was like, I kind of enjoyed it, but it was, I was, I knew it could be better. Right. But then I started to learn more, get progress, get better. And now I'm like, I mean, I'll listen. I probably listen to my music 50% of the time that I'm listening to music period in my car or whatever. And I'm just listening to the, like the songs. There's no words on any of them yet. I haven't recorded the vocals or anything. And it's, it's exciting to like, spend time with the art before detaching myself from it. Cause I feel like since I've been listening to it for so long, I'm going to just like release it and then just like step away and see what happens Yeah, and then continue to work on more new stuff. And then, I mean, I was listening to an interview with Kendrick and Rick Rubin mm-hmm. talking about this exact process of like Kendrick, like listening to his music for like a year, like, he would say his song writing process is like a year and a half. Same with like Frank Ocean, two, three year yeah, old yeah. stuff. If you look at like even Drake, like his albums usually come out in two years. I feel like that's like this kind of like the standard. Uh huh. Some people like Trippy Red puts out albums more Tory Lanes, but like I always thought it was just like to keep a calendar, like to be you know two years. But after like setting the goal for myself of like I want to make an album. Like that was the first thing is I, I I had to decide I wanted to make a whole project, not just like, you know, these Dabble. beats. I've just been like pushing off scrap beats. Yeah. But I'm like, let me like actually give it all my effort. And um yeah, you listen to it for a while and I always thought that that two-year cycle was just like to make you wait or whatever, but it really takes that long. It's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's been I don't know, over eight months on the, and I have, I haven't even gotten a first thing out yet. Right. Like a, a first like Single. debut official project. Yeah. I mean, I have under like other outlets, uh-huh. but like this new path that I've decided to like take with the music, I haven't quite put that out yet, but, um, 
it's been the mixing and mastering process that's really been confusing me because the world of like creating your own music, oh, dude, it's so expensive. You, there's a soft, you, there's so many softwares that you need to have that cost Hundreds. 800, 800 bucks or so. Yeah. And so it's like, and that doesn't include the equipment to record. Right. Like, I mean, I still, I'm trying to get a new guitar. I'm, I feel like I'm limited based on the guitar I'm using. Mm-hmm. But aside from having an instrument that can make a good sound, do you have a microphone that can capture a good sound? Yeah, we do. But do you have, you know, Ableton or FL Studios? I got both of them because I wanted to know know both of them. But then this mixing and mastering world, there's all these other softwares that are literally like 600 uh, bucks or so. But, you know, Black Friday got to hook it up. And oh, they yeah. had a deal that was two different softwares that this company makes called uh, Isotope and uh, for like 150 bucks. And it's like Lit. originally like six six fifty, right? Uh huh. And that's like what you would use to master music. Yeah. And so now that like, I've just been doing it myself, so I've been learning what it takes every step of the way. And in terms of like, a Temple Mill record label in the future, even offering you know mastering as a service yeah. for artists, mm-hmm. that can be like a beginning offering to get our foot in the door of making money off of music. Cause I feel like that, that would just be so sick to have like a steady flow of income off of music. For, for some reason growing up, I never like thought that that was thought like that possible. possible. Yeah. And I mean, now I'm like, dude, well, it's only really become a thing like within the past decade, like that you don't have to be Michael Jackson to make a living, Dude, you know? It was never even an option in my head. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm traveling to other states leading the orchestra. I'm, like, doing all this crazy stuff. But in my dumb head, and I, as I'm going through these, like, violin books, there's, like, biographies, and it's written by my private teacher who taught me my whole life, who's, like, one of the best violinists Yeah. in Utah. I she led the Utah Valley Orchestra, or the uh, Utah Symphony. She mm-hmm. was, like the concert master miss what is it where it's for a woman <laughs> i don't know if you call it the same thing and then this other guy also like he was teaching me music theory throughout elementary school and middle school and then in high school i stopped taking classes from him mm-hmm. but both of them are in the uh byu's music school like they're like the head people in that yeah and I never even considered BYU as an option for me growing up, like even when I was Mormon. Yeah. Because it's a high standard to Acad- get in there. Acad- academically, it's everyone hard want, to get everyone into, around right? here wants to go there. Yeah. And so academically, you literally have to have such a good grade point average. So I never even considered it. Now I'm like, if I wanted to go to BYU, I would have gotten in at a snap of a finger through the music program. Oh yeah. True. Because two of my main mentors run it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was just kind of like one of those things I was like, I mean, you just get so stuck in your limited perspective. It's hard to see out of it. But like looking back, it's kind of funny to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was thinking of this idea the other day right. that um, you talked about briefly, but I mean, not briefly. We talked about this before. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on the podcast, but Actually, I think we did. Like uh, this world of VR and uh, training 
Oh yeah. Simulation. So what what is uh training? Like let's answer that question first. Like training for like or like practice training, same type of thing, right? Like if I'm educating. Well if I'm like skateboarding, snowboarding or whatever, like uh to practice a kickflip is what you're essentially doing is simulating a kickflip every time that you practice one. Reps. Yeah, reps. You're doing reps of it. Until you get, like, the muscle. And the, the so, feel. like, that's what practice is, is, like, you're going through – or, like, let's say I'm, like, sitting here. People that are listening can't see. But, like, I'm if I'm sitting here closing my eyes, I'm, like, going through the motions of, like, doing a backflip on skis. What am I doing? I'm simulating what it's going to feel like to do it, right? Visualizing. Visualizing it. And uh, so – put on goggles and open your eyes and now you're in that world and you're simulate you're still simulating the activity but now you're like really there and you start like going away from skiing let's say driving like a driving simulator yeah like we already have it for airplanes and it's like the gold standard like you you cannot become a pilot unless you go through like i don't know how many hours worth but like you have to go yeah flight hours of the simulator you know like so by the time you do your first ever flight off the ground you've gone through it thousands of times Mm -hmm. like that's the goal with uh, a simulator like a flight simulator so having a simulator for like literally everything that humans do yeah like with the ability of using vr and like tools like handheld wireless things like because i was thinking like I mean, we talked about, like, the police training before photography. Uh, I was thinking of, like, hair one for, uh, like, Michaela, mm-hmm. like, where you have, like, uh, like you have VR goggles on and there's a client in front of you. So you see the back of their head uh-huh. and the hair and you're holding those, like, PS4 things or whatever or, like, those handles, you know? Yeah. And you're, like, holding out the hair and you're using a straightener or a curler and it's the same motions. And, like, in the simulation it tells you – like, like, if you do it wrong, like, that client's going to turn around and, like, curse you out, yeah. which can happen in real life. Mm-hmm. But it's better to go through that in a simulation than it is to go through it in real life. Yeah. And so... Outline the worst-case scenario. Yeah, yeah, do that. Put, like, be in the worst-case scenario and learn how to get out of it, and you'll be much better off. Yeah. Or, like, sales training with VR headsets uh-huh. where on the inside the simulator you're in front of a prospect and that prospect like they're using ai to come up with every possible objection and you like it's like a siri you know Uh and you're sitting there and you're talking to it literally and coming up with all these things and it's responding to you and all this stuff so that by the time you ever do your first call you have a you have a thousand of these things under your belt like so I'm thinking of this mm. in just in terms of uh educational purposes like uh like if there was like a a company that had their own VR equipment that was specifically like it's not a VR company it's an educational a co- company that uses VR to teach mm. and they do every single like lane like yeah. they they have a simulation for all the things i mentioned plus literally everything that you could think of like a simulation company yes yeah, simulation company but it's it's educational you educational know? simulations it, yeah i think that's lit and fire yeah and think about it uh simulation is like just like a video game right yeah 
So think of like a game company like Ubisoft. Yeah. But that specifies in simulated uh, education. Right. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. So think about this. Six to eight feet tall, two arms on both sides. Uh, Bigfoot. No, no. Two like uh, metal arms that uh, are holding like a thing that, and then like a, you know, a little stair set with like three stairs to, like go up it. And you're wearing a full body suit over your face, everything uh-huh. that, uh, except for your eyes and your eyes have like a goggles on it. Yeah. And these, the suit is covered in pressure sensors to, and like, so that when you touch something, it can simulate what you think you're feeling and it covers your whole body. And these arms, they connect to it so that you're connected, but in a way, maybe there's like a harness and then a thing on the side so that you can like flip and spin around so that it can actually simulate like walking or like skiing. You know, yeah. it can simulate skiing yeah. where you feel like you're skiing, you're going down, there's wind playing yeah, in, yeah. in your face, uh-huh. you hit a jump and you can do a backflip, yeah. but you're not going to break your neck no matter what. Right, right. But you can send it and it feels... <laughs> And they're going to take, like, everything that you did and calculate it perfectly yeah. and see if you actually <laughs> land it. Right. And being able to do that to learn how to back, back yeah. up on skis rather than, you know, hucking it and breaking uh-huh. your neck. But you need, like, a full body suit. Yeah. And I see it almost, like, wedged, like, in, like, your body's, like, attached to a board, you know? Yeah. But maybe it's, like, in, like, a goo or, like, a, a water or something that they can control the consistency so that they can yeah. make it... More, I don't know what it would yeah. be, but something like that would be uh-huh. crazy. Here's another one. So it's the same principle of a video game in simulation okay. with ultra-real ultra, ultra real, uh, feedback mechanisms. Okay. But this time, you're, uh, like, you put it on, but, like, you start the game, and you don't even realize that you have the suit on. And uh, <laughs> the, the feedback is so uh, accurate that it feels like, like when you – you just your, wake up. Put in put it. your hand over fire. You feel pain, and uh, that's what life is. Okay, that's it for the podcast. Um. <laughs> Cut the lights. Whoa, <laughs> <are> these people <laughs> unplug from the matrix. <laughs> oh we are God. living in a simu- simulation. Okay, that's it for the podcast. Dude, sometimes <laughs> life is just like so like comical and like so like fake like how could yeah. this be real yeah you know like lizzie i'll hear lizzie and she'll be like did you vote for trump or biden and like hearing like you know trump or by like hearing a child saying that yeah of like these two fictional characters fictional characters. <laughs> they're, they're complete they're constructed egos yeah. joe biden's legal name isn't joe biden really? but joseph biden oh, okay joe is short for joseph same with i mean donald trump He's been building this brand his entire life. And to Lizzie, they're just these characters. This, like, yeah, yeah. you know, orange guy that talks with his hands. And then this really old senile dude that touches her friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, did you see um, that Trump was uh, live streaming on his YouTube, his personal YouTube channel? Okay. For, so he, he was uh, live streaming from the White House, which... Uh, I'm just curious, like, is he, is he still there, you know, or is he, is that, like... Well, his, I don't think uh, Joe Biden is going to be in office until, like, January something. Okay, all right, so, yeah, he was... And uh, also, it hasn't even been officially announced if Joe Biden actually won. Okay, the so... The media just This said, is what he's, like, this is what this live stream is about. So, he, on his personal YouTube channel, Donald J. J. Trump, it the title is... 
this may be my most important speech ever dot 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 and so i <laughs> he knows how to click yeah i know i tune in and he's live streaming from the white house and he is just like all like everything on the table he's just talking about how uh essentially biden didn't win and it was all fixed and like he shows all this data and charts and stuff uh-huh. and like what's interesting is it has millions of views like it has like probably six million views now and like the like to disrate like ratio is like really good like there's mm. a lot of like everyone liked it like not a lot of dislikes and everyone in the comments is like like they're like open-minded they're yeah. they're like why am i not seeing this on tv or they're like it like I'm not even Republican or Democrat, but I'm just worried like why isn't anyone else talking about this? You know, like and people are like commenting back and forth and having a discussion. Mm-hmm. And like so any I don't really care about politics either. So if you're listening to this, I'm not on either side. I'm just stating what's happening. But oh, yeah. so talking about it. Yeah. But what he's saying that he's standing up for is he's standing up for the constitutional like right to like a uh like a just like a a a voting system that's like that's gonna work that's not gonna be taking advantage of the people and like so he's he's pretty much saying like i don't even like super secure software company that can accurately you know manage votes you know so that you have to have like a verified profile attached to your social security, security number, number and then you it's super secure so it can't get hacked yeah however i mean i don't know if that's easier said than done you can't just flip on a vpn all of a sudden you yeah. won't get hacked yeah but like he was talking about how like i don't know if you're listening to this don't quote me on it but he was saying like that if you like what the democratic party was doing is like they were voting like for people essentially like people that didn't show up to vote were auto they were automatically saying that they voted for biden even though they mm. didn't uh vote at all okay something like that i mean and i've like, heard that this there is was a new even, issue either yeah and there was even like i think he was talking about like people that even like died recently or they're even like counting their votes for mm. biden it's like because they still get a ballot yeah yeah and i was like I don't know. I'm I'm obviously very I mean, ignorant. Here's the thing. But I hate the media, bro. The media, you just can't trust them. And I was talking to my mom about this, and because Trump or Biden was on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah, I saw that at Smith's. And saying, you know, President 2020, whatever it said. And my mom was like, "Do you know that they also did that with Hillary Clinton?" She was on the cover of Time magazine, and they announced that she had won the presidency, and she didn't. And so, I mean, it's just like they were just mad quick. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, it was like, Kamala was like, Joe, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was thinking it. about that today. Like, like, as I was driving. You guys are like self proclaimed. Yeah. I was driving around, uh, um, just doing Instacart, and I was thinking, like, if. Like, this whole world of, like, media, like, we've been in this world of media for a long time, Mm -hmm. and we understand how easy it is to manipulate, too. We were on the news. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, so, like, and so I'm, like, what's stopping, like, them from, like, 
what's her name? Kamala. 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 So, like, Harris. what's stopping her from just, hey, hey, yo, yo, film this real quick. Joe. Well, I think they're telling her. They're saying, Kamala, call Joe. Say this. We're gonna film it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, PR. there has to be some they're, sort of strategy. Yeah, they're, like, they're intentional with how much they're shoving. Like, it. yeah, and like, it's just like the thing, like, that people have to understand, like. Whenever there's, like, something online that, like, looks like it's, like, uh, like, there's nothing that's, like, uh, spontaneous or, like, uh, like, they, yes, like. It's all planned. Yeah, it's all planned. Those aren't authentic raw moments. Yeah, it's not like they just captured that and, like. We did it, Yeah, it's like, no, someone had to start filming. Someone had to say, like, okay, we're, okay, we're going whenever you're ready, like. You know? Yeah. And know. They, they have the means to film that on a red camera or an iPhone, but they intentionally chose an iPhone. Right, right. So it would look more relatable, like uh-huh. a social media clip. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another thing that's, like, so trippy about, like, it's not always about uh, high quality. You yeah, know, that, well, that was one of the things when we were doing the Gerard Adams vlog that I uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to claim credit for bringing it to the table, but that we started doing was having Gerard do the outro on his phone. Yeah. So that at the end, he's like, oh, what? Gerard, this is just Gerard's phone. Yeah. Even though the rest of the video is filmed, you know, by his camera guys, yeah. their DSLRs. It just, like, made it relatable. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm reading a, a sales book right now. It's uh, specifically on prospecting. But it's it's interesting because, like, I want to get this book by this guy named Jeb. Uh, Jeb Bush? Jeb Blunt. Jeb Blunt. Smoke Jeb Blunt. <laughs> and, uh... He has this really good <laughs> book called uh, Fanatical Prospecting. Right. And, uh, but he, like, I went to go buy it on uh, Amazon for my Kindle. And I saw that he has a new one out called uh, Virtual Selling hmm. that he just came out with uh, in regards to pandemic and everything. Oh. And so the premise Perfect. of the book, the premise, time, the premise of the book is like essentially that, uh, like, you need to learn how to use these. It's like how to sell using social media, uh, Zoom, email, like mm. all these like virtual channels he calls them. Yeah. And uh, does he outline like the softwares and stuff that he uses, or just sales? Like I want someone who's just like for your let's say you have an online business today. Here's a here's a list of all the softwares that you need to use. Um, I mean, it's not. We have that list for ourselves, and it's different company to company because yeah. there's options for each specific thing that you use. Like, uh-huh. You don't have to use WordPress or Squarespace. Or yeah, I mean, there's no special like. I mean, he uses HubSpot. Like his company uses HubSpot um, for like tracking, uh, like a CRM. You know. Yeah, yeah. But that seems like the main, the one that everyone yeah. uses. His like the. I guess. Industry standards is what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the interesting thing about this, like, what he's talking about is, like, how, like, the book's called Virtual Selling, but, like, he's he's not, uh, he openly says, that, like, if you're just going to be mass emailing or mass DMing, like, then you don't understand sales. Yeah. And you're going to be re- replaced by a robot if mm-hmm. that's your approach to sales. Yeah. And so his whole thing is, uh, like, human connection is what sales is about. And so you like, he doesn't just say like, you should be DMing or you should be emailing. He, his whole approach is using all of these channels in a symbiotic way mm. intentionally. Yeah. In various points of the sales process. Yeah. And so like, 
he talks about how like uh like let's say you you like dm like a business and you're like hey we want to help you with video mm-hmm. and like they leave you on red which is very commonly happens in sales yeah but you follow up with a uh and this is relating back to what we were just talking about with being um relatable in yeah. like a phone video mm-hmm. so he says like follow up with like a phone uh, a video of filming yourself from your phone of like hey jim just want to check up with you real quick i know i sent you a dm um you may have like you may have gotten lost and all the stuff but uh like what we do is we help uh brands just like yourself uh figure out how to use video intentionally and create more sales for themselves so uh if, if this sounds interesting to you um i'll send a link you know pick a time that works best for you and we'll make it work for us yeah. uh Thanks, Jim. You know, yeah. and like that is uh like he t- he talks about like that it's intentional why you use your phone and not your 4K camera. Yeah, because so it doesn't seem automated. It doesn't seem automatic automated, and it doesn't seem so like at a high level that that person like isn't gonna relate with it. Yeah, you know, I really like the approach of I mean one going back to like the meeting with the angel investor people that I was talking to the yeah. other day. She brought up a like a her a unique perspective that she has on um, influencing buyer decisions and yeah. how to get people to buy, and I pointed out to her I was like I like your perspective not on trying to sell but on how can you make people buy you know switching the side of the coin, and I'm like how do we, I mean how do we get people to buy Temple Mill how to support us, and one of my favorite ways that we kind of also like preach to some of our clients in terms of like getting raving fans is with the clients. We'd, we'd, that was a sales point for us creating a series for you because you invest this money in high quality in value. And then you put it out on your YouTube channel for free. The least that your viewers can do, you know, is like buy a t-shirt or something. And that it's not like a plus B equals C, you know, like that yeah. simple. But it's like over time, if you invest into your brand, people will want to support you because they can see how much effort you're putting into it. Show them that it's worth that, that you're worth investing their money on. And so for Temple Mill, it's like show them that we got this free podcast that you can listen to hours and hours of conversation. We put out these free documentaries, high quality on you, our YouTube channel, our TikTok. We're, you know, we're investing all this time to create all this content that we're giving you for free. Right. And it's not like we're asking every single one of you to buy our merch, you know? But it's like if, you know, 1% of a million people buy a $50 hoodie and you make $20 profit on it, you're already talking about, what, 20 grand? What's 1% of a million? A thousand? Uh, Yeah. No, 10,000. 10,000? 10, 10, yeah, 10% so of a million. So that's 200K. 10% of a million is 100,000. Oh, but 1% of a million would oh, be okay, 10 10K. Grand. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think. No. So, Wait. No one. It'd, it'd be 1,000 a a thousand bu- a thousand bucks. I'm an idiot. No, it's all good. <laughs> but, like, we don't need a lot of money to survive. <laughs> to survive. <laughs> Pirate Mike just came out for a second. Survive. Survive. <laughs> We don't need a lot of money to survive, and I'm excited to get to a point where we're rolling, and we like have a consistent strategy. We're still like, 
and we're able to just invest more time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... Time has been the biggest bottleneck. Uh-huh. Like, I've... Like, really, in my adult life, I never really, like, understood when people said, like, oh, I just wanna, don't have the time, you uh-huh. know? Until, like, this past year. Yeah. Where it's, like, we kind of, like, had to start working, like, a nine-to-five type thing, you uh-huh. know? And I'm, like... Oh, like this is so, like I understand why like people that have nine to fives don't start like a side business because they're just so exhausted when they get back. And especially like I'm thinking about like uh, like I got to like put in the work now because it's only going to get worse from here on out. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, what I want to have happen is in the near future, in the next few months, replace my Instacart time with Temple Mill time. Yep. And then, then I'm chilling. Then we got, yeah. But like, that's the biggest shift we need to make. But if like, let's say I, I had a nine to five, then it's like, my life's just going to get exponentially, exponentially. My time's going to get eaten up by like, I'll get home from my nine to five. And then, mm-hmm. uh, my kids want to hang out with me. Yeah. Or like my, wife we want to make dinner or whatever like it really like it's so hard to you want to go make to make everything happen yeah like, like yeah you want to do your music like it's like you have to make sacrifices in it mm-hmm. it's tough when like because i don't really want to sacrifice my gym you know yeah. that's like something that's like it's not just like watching netflix it's like well actively it, making me our time is our most valuable asset yeah so it's like it's an unquestionable fact about my life that I don't want to be, I don't want to sell my time to somebody else. Yeah. I want to be able to have control of my time in the future. Like that's why I want to be an entrepreneur. Right, that's right. why we are entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh-huh. it's like, you don't really feel like an entrepreneur. Like we've been at it for years, yeah. you know, making a living for ourselves off of our businesses mm-hmm. that we started. So we are entrepreneurs, but it's like, I just want to have control of my time, you know? Yeah. Because then you can start to organize your time. And it's like, I want to be my own boss because the only person that you're hurting is yourself. And the, and also by helping yourself, you're improving your life by getting your getting everything organized. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited uh, with, like, I want to go, like, when we start having, like, more people working with us, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, like really own it again like because last time around i feel like i didn't own it you know Mm. and it was like the team thing yeah and like it i mean it comes down to like responsibility you know and And like just flipping that switch of like who what kind of boss do you want to be yeah because at the end of the day you are you have to be a leader yeah like at the top of a company you got to be the leader right and also like for me i don't want to step on people's toes either and so like i i definitely felt that like with you like i didn't want to like oh like i didn't want you to think like oh what is he like he thinks he's a hot shot now I never trying even to, thought that <laughs> <laughs> like i don't because i mean that's the thing that's like we're gonna like it's gonna be inevitable probably in the future like we're like i'm not i'm not saying like we're not gonna be we're not ever gonna be like at different levels but we're mm-hmm. gonna be eventually doing different things. having different focuses yeah and they're gonna be equally important but mm-hmm. like we're going to have to like understand that like just cause I'm doing this doesn't mean that it's better than what you're doing. You yeah. know, you know, it's just different. And that was something that just, I had to uh, like 
recently learn you know mm-hmm. like because back then it was just like uh like which it sucks because like part of the thing that like i had to like deal with is like looking in hindsight and being like ah, like i i saw that you know but i didn't do anything about it you know like mm. i saw that coming but i didn't want to step on toes yeah and therefore i didn't say anything mm-hmm. but eventually we got our asses handed to us yeah <laughs> you know and Life i was like happens. like that's the worst kind of uh like regret quote unquote because uh-huh. like i don't really care like i've never uh like cared about things that happened in the past like i i owned bitcoin you know mm-hmm. and i sold it you know that's not something that i walk around i sold it a long time before it ever popped off you know yeah. so i i missed the boat on that one mm-hmm. But, like, I I never, like, I don't walk around with that guilt, you know, like, with that hanging over my head. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, like, almost like a joke, you know, like, uh, it's laughable. Yeah. But, like, like you're not, like, actually upset. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, like, those things, it's, like, uh, like, whatever, you know. But, like, when it's something that, like, you actually could have changed, but you didn't, like, it's, it's like, something that you, not even that you just could have changed, but something that you, like, said Oh, I should make that change, but let me just wait. Yeah, and then it happens. You're like, oh, like that's the worst, you know. Uh-huh. And but now going back around, it's like I'm not like, gonna let that happen again. Yeah, I you also know? feel like we went through a lot of growing while we were building our team at the same time in terms of like going through the two X program, like yeah. as Temple Mill, a 90 day program every single week where they're breaking, they know everything about our business yeah. and they're just like breaking it apart and helping us reconstruct it, how it should be built. And literally right before that is when we brought on our first hire yeah. who was along the journey with us as we're learning. And so we're changing and we're growing yeah. from the time that who I am when we met and who I was when we departed and who I am right now. All different Three people. Three totally different yeah. people uh-huh. because I be stay changing because yeah. I stay growing. Uh-huh. And we just like, at when we first started connecting, I didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing really. And it just like, we got way too close. Like, buddy. Like, yeah, it yeah. was more about the like being homies yeah. than it was about yeah. business. Right. And even though you and I always like kept our priority, like we knew what it was about. Yeah. Just... You just can't have expectations for other people. Yeah. You can't have expectations for other people. Uh And you can't expect someone to do something if you don't communicate it with them or to stop doing something if you don't communicate it with them. Yeah. And ultimately, we just like got way too close. The lines just got blurred so hard. It just got really messy. And then everything just the the tower tumbled. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like... I don't know. You got to be just, you got to have boundaries for sure. Like there's this one thing that like Dan Pena says a lot is like in business, don't share doubts. If you're going to share doubts, share them with your partner, but mm-hmm. don't share them openly with your team yeah. because it, uh, I guess it's not saying that you need to be inauthentic and like if, definitely if you need help, then ask for help. Yeah. But if you're the leader and you're walking around the company, whether you're in an office or not, and you're like, guys, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah. Or n- not even if, like, even if you're like, I know that we can do this, but I don't know how. Or I don't know when. I don't know when. I don't know like, how long all of these take. questions and stuff. Like, because they want to, they want to get money. Yeah. And like, it's like, what does that make them feel? You know? Yeah. And like, so 
that's it's just a recipe for disaster because we were going through so much changes where we didn't know anything that was going on uh-huh. and we're openly sharing this with uh, our team Being and like totally just, open yeah, about the totally. restructuring of our business yeah everything. and so that doesn't lead them to have much faith and it like op- and it gives them a chip on their shoulder thinking like i i helped build this yeah, yeah. which it's like yeah they did but you're getting your emotions are getting involved with this yeah all i care about is building a machine that can consistently produce results for clients right yeah that's all i'm thinking about yeah and how can we make that machine more efficient every single piece of it unbiasedly you know yeah. like yeah let's remove our emotions completely because it's not about that whatsoever yeah emotions started getting involved shit started dude falling yeah apart. emotions like are the are the worst like ego in the sense like ego not even this in the sense of like oh i'm better than everyone else not that ego but mm-hmm. like ego as in like like compromising or just like what did he mean when he said that or like what were his like, intentions yeah, like, like was he just trying to like say something mean yeah like well that kind of hurt my feelings you know like yeah like in business you gotta throw all that out the window yeah. because like me saying like uh even if i was really blunt like yo that video is just whack uh-huh. you know it's not about your skills uh-uh. it's about like the like the attention grabber wasn't there you know what like all this stuff it's it's very like like pinpoint technical work, like technical stuff. And uh-huh. if I can't, like, I just need to say, like, as leaders, you have to be the one, like, th- you have to be, you have honest. to be the one that is calling the stuff out, like, or else no one will, you know, right, yeah. and you have to be that example. And that's, that's the hardest thing that's like being about being a leader, mm-hmm. but I'm ready to go for it because, yeah. like, if I look at like how I want to be in my life, like, there's kind of like two, like, do I want to not be a leader? Like, do I want to be a leader or follower? I'd rather be a leader, even though it's harder, you know? Do you want to be a domino, back to what we were talking about in the other podcast, of reacting to how, what life, how it treats you, or taking it by the huevos? Yeah. And the huevos. following it where you want to go. And, like, yeah. take it, making it what you want it to be. Yeah. And to do that, you have to take control. Yeah, you have to take control. You can't just let it happen mm-hmm. and, like expect yeah like, that, that's another thing that like i'm learning from this book and like relating to everything we're talking about here is like in the sales book it's like pretty much saying that you can't like ever let your guard down and assume that something is happening like which like we've done in the past yeah. even in like not even sales relationships but like client relationships mm-hmm. like just like uh not communicating just like oh are they gonna make the thumbnails yeah, or yeah, are yeah. we yeah. are they gonna come up with the titles are they gonna do the description or are we not clarifying those yeah. things and like i feel like uh at least for me like my mindset during all that was like uh like if if they don't say anything or like if they bring something up and say like why didn't you guys do the description I can always fall back on, you never told us to, you know? Uh-huh. Like I find my, found myself going to those places mm-hmm. of like, uh, trying to put the blame, take the blame off of you. Yeah. Take not the, taking responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And not even like putting the blame on them, but being like, Oh, shucks. We'll get them next time guys. You know? But uh-huh. like, uh, like I feel like this past like year I've gone through so many like virtual mentors, like one being Jocko Willink and yeah. just, 
his idea of like uh extreme ownership mm. is just like dude that's it like yeah you just have to take ownership of everything going on in your life and like your life as a whole but also like in your business and in, in your sales and in your everything like every single thing like when it comes down to the contract the agreement the sales process uh your relationships with your significant others you have yeah. to assume extreme ownership of everything going on it doesn't mean that you like it's your fault but it's your responsibility to handle it mm-hmm. and because if it's the more that you put the blame on other people you put the power out of your hands to yes. change it uh-huh and i'd rather have the power in our hands at all times yes you know even if Amen. it means like even it, if it's hard to tell yourself that's it'll stroke your it'll hurt your ego yeah yeah you know like and ha- learning to control your emotions also yeah it'll hurt your ego like not taking things personally and thinking completely unbiasedly like yeah because like getting your ego out of the way yeah ego is a big thing because it's like uh people don't want to take ownership because they don't want to like get their ego hurt but like if you can just like flip that around and just be that type of person that's like that you like you have to be able to be willing to openly take the fall and apologize yeah even though it, even though it's not your fault like just be like if a client's upset like like yo that's totally like totally my fault i should have i should have saw it coming you know or like i should have been more prepared is a better way to say it or something yeah you know like that's me like that's on me like i'll take the blame for it like and being willing to take the blame because like no one wants to take the blame but there's a little secret like a little nugget that when you take the blame you also take the power and so you have the ability to change something you know so i'm willing to take the blame for whatever you know like yeah I'm trying to be fearless about taking the blame and accept and just like rolling towards the future. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I definitely feel like there's some uh, past clients that I want to just like clear some air with. Yeah. Just because sometimes things get weird when uh-huh. the, when a lot of money is involved, things can get weird. Yeah. I know. Because it, it's like people get stressed. They yeah. want to see like they have an expectation that is different from yours. Yeah. And that's hard to yeah. figure out sometimes. I want to be able to, I was thinking about this today as, a, as I was driving too. Like I want to be able to like in the future, in the next little bit, like once we start making some real cash to be like, to be able to clear the air, uh, not just like emotionally, but like financially with a lot of our past clients, like whether mm-hmm. it's like buying them, going out to LA and getting them a nice dinner or something like that. Like, yeah those types of things where it's like we repay you like tenfold of like whatever your troubles were before. Like it's not like we're going to send, send them like a check for like the hours or whatever that we missed on a project. But like, you, you know what I mean? Like make it worth, like I want them to a really nice basket. I want them to like, be like, even though like things didn't work out business wise, I'm really thankful that i know mike and true you know yeah like i want them to be able to like say that to anyone that they meet because yeah. reputation is huge and uh i don't want to like have anyone talking bad yeah and i just want i mean i definitely want people to know that we're also genuine yeah you know like my 
my intention isn't to hurt anybody or like our intention is never for a video to flop or for a client to get screwed. It's like the clients that we work with, we choose specifically. We've learned how to say no. B and I kind of taught us how to say no so that we work with people that we actually really support their message. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we want you to, you know, like end circle, we do a video with you. We want that to do good or whoever else. We never want you to feel like, oh, they, ah, it didn't work. We failed. You know, it's like, we want it to look like you guys are hiring our, like we're artists and we're creating art for you giving mm-hmm. it to you so you, it can be part of your brand a video yeah. for your website or yeah. something yeah which i was i was talking to michaela about like the tiktok approach and like just kind of tempo moving forward mm-hmm. and how like before it was like we would approach a client and sell them let's just say a three thousand dollar video yeah and it gets posted wherever they wanted to post it and so like if they're like a small business they posted on their like YouTube channel. They started three months ago and it gets seven views. Yeah. And you know, whatever, like maybe people see it on their website when they go there, but like, I want to be able to like, what we're working towards right now is getting to out to the point where like that, like we can still do a $3,000 video for someone, but we're going to put it on our own network of yeah TikTok, YouTube, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get you way more than uh you would get before yeah and we're it's just it's gonna allow us to be way more selective than we would before and charge a lot more because Mm -hmm. it's a highly curated group of people that are watching what we're doing Mm -hmm. and so when we or like if we do like an intentional audience a a video and have a herba mate in it you know yeah we Get a they three. were at the end of my vlog I just posted. We get like interested. A, we get a three thousand dollar check from them instead of the small business or yeah. something, you know. And I mean, there's a lot of businesses out there that got a lot of money, and there's a lot of businesses out there that don't got a lot of money. The ones that are gonna be easier to get money from are the ones that have a lot of money. The businesses that are booming. And yeah. right now, a lot of businesses aren't booming. And, you know, good luck to them. We're one of them. <laughs> <You know, we're, laughs> we kind of got affected from this whole thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of businesses that have been booming right. from it. Zoom. Zoom. Even like Yerba Mate. Yeah. They've been more relevant than ever this year. And they have plans for sponsoring. Yeah. They have they money. Have budgets. Budgets, for you know. Mm-hmm. So it's about finding the brands that will connect with our audience and then talking to them. Yeah. You know, getting to know them and be like, yep. I'm excited. Be real about it. I'm excited for uh, that, uh, like, relationship building on that level Mm -hmm. because, like, I'm I'm down to, like, uh, like, once we get to the point where, like, a sponsorship is likely, you know, like, we have, like, 100,000 followers or whatever. Yeah. To, like, we literally suit up and do a road trip to – Silicon Valley or uh-huh. wherever the, wherever Urban Mate, that brand is headquarters. And we, or like, we'll, uh, hit them up on LinkedIn, hit them up, cold call them, set up a appointment, like whatever, because something that like, I'm super, like, I think that we have a big, uh, like we want to, like, we have a big, uh, opportunity for us is like 
were entrepreneurs and artists that are coming into this world of like uh, influence and online, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it, like digital internet culture, internet culture, like the average person that like gets like pop in on one of those is like a kid or like even like Cody Co is like kind of entrepreneurial, but like, I don't think that he like studies sales or anything, you know, like he's kind of, uh, Cody Co smarter than you would think. Oh really? He w- was, he went to Duke, I think, but he was into computer science before. YouTube. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just like, but what I think is like, what if we got a manager, <laughs> like getting a temple mill manager that has those connects like and their job is to do that stuff. They're they're the ones that's yeah. finding the brands, reaching out, and they just come to us and they're like, "Yo guys, we got this offer. Do you want to take it or or do you want to leave it?" And the words like, "Hey, let's do it." Or we're like, "Uh, nah." Yeah. I just cuz like I think like David Dobrik and uh he'll just be like I mean, I guess he'll communicate directly with like SeatGeek and be like, "Well, you guys buy me a Ferrari?" And they're like, sure, David. <laughs> he has a direct relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but just... I think a manager could help. I mean, even maybe it's like having managers that work for Temple Mill that can manage like, us in our personal careers as well. But then they also can manage artists and producers and videographers and our other team members. Yeah. I mean, just like regardless of whether that's like a director of a brand spot director of sponsorships or whatever that mm. title is. Yeah. Regardless if we have a, someone like that or a manager, I would love someone like that on our team. I think that it, the more valuable approach is being able to hold our own weight in these types of rooms. Yeah. And but also just to, like thinking of getting in our own way, like how much easier it could be if just like on autopilot we have like some like things automated, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that too. I guess that's just kind of like how my where my mind has been lately. Like when I've been thinking about because I've been just like rereading uh, six to seven figures and whatever. I'm just like, yo, let's get back into systems mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Everything systemized and like delegating, like and truly delegating. So that's like when we record the podcast, we literally just like walk in here it's already set up we sit down we stand walk away and from that like we don't have to touch anything even. yeah yeah same with like making a youtube video we show up to a scheduled shoot the videographer is ready we whatever everything is there then the editing team handles it we don't got to do anything we don't got to shoot we don't got to edit we yeah. don't got to do yeah, yeah no i agree that's next level i agree in that uh regard you know i i think there's like some things uh like at the some things that you you don't wanna you sh- you should be like careful to delegate yeah and i feel like one of those is like uh where the money's coming from mm-hmm. i don't know and usually managers will just take like 10 percent or something like that same as like a salesperson yeah so thinking in that terms of like if their their pay is only taking a percentage of the projects that you bring to the table yeah if you don't bring anything to the table you make no money and if you weren't here we wouldn't have those projects but you do bring it to the table you get your percentage straightforward we're all on the same page bada bing bada boom blah. yeah and yeah. they're ideally they're way smarter than us at it so it's just about coming to terms of agreement and then they're just like 
okay, now let's get this going because they already got connections with yeah. other managers. And yeah. they're like, let's get the collaborations booming. Let's get the sponsorships booming. <laughs> yeah. But I'm stoked for that. It's going to be lit. Well, it's cold. My nipples are so hard they could cut diamonds. Wrap this baby up. We're uh, at an hour and a half. That seems to be like the sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we were doing it at a different time and like maybe like even special episodes can go on way longer. Like we need a camping camping one. If it was warmer. We should just go camping down southern Utah. Yeah. It's warm down there. We'd be able to. But if you guys like this, please, please, I'm begging you. You can't see me, but I'm crying right now. Please leave a review. I'm pulling out my camera to get a clip of this, put it in the uh, next vlog. Check out my vlog if you guys want to watch it. And Uh, If you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and click that follow button. That lets you know when uh, new podcast episodes are coming out. Um, If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and uh, tell us what you think. Give us an honest answer. And uh, is this shot in focus? Can you tell? I can't tell. Odds are it's not. Odds are it's not. But we'll catch y'all on the flip. Catch y'all on the flippity flop. Flippity floppity skippity skippity.